Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a podcast about pro wrestling in case you're not very good at understanding titles of podcasts. Now, some uh, housekeeping to do before we get going. You may have noticed that the pod- uh, podcast schedule has changed again and it's because, let's be fair, those Smackdown editions of the podcast were getting a bit silly. We basically talked for like 10 minutes and then went, yeah, that was, that was Smackdown. Onwards we go. Anyway... Uh, so what we're going to do now is go back to Wednesdays. We're going to talk about Raw, SmackDown, any other news that is going down in the pro wrestling world. And on Friday, we're going to do a weekly, a weekly Q&A session because everyone seems to like those. And if you are a patron, and you can be a patron at patreon.com forward slash Simon316. And that's how all of my content is made possible. If you uh, enter at the right tier, you can come on one of those Q&A podcasts and you can answer some questions with me. So look into that. Uh, make sure you join the Facebook group as well. Just search for Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. And that's how you ask a question. Anyway, it is a very special edition. As we kind of relaunched the podcast once more, I thought we had to get a special guest on. Unfortunately, I couldn't find anyone that was special. So I've just got, <laughs> so I've, I've just got a guest. And it is a very good friend of mine, a long-time friend of mine now as well, that I'm sure a lot of people that listen to this already know. It's my man, Brett Phipps. How are you doing, Brett? Hello, I'm all right. So you said special friend. I think we should a little bit at some point go into how much we actually talk to each other because I talk to you the only person I talk to more than you is probably my wife and it's pretty close yeah well I don't know I think I've got uh, I think I've got about against the ball against that yeah I mean me and Brett (laughs) basically chat I mean from morning to night every day (laughs) I I told my wife once I said what normally happens because she goes to bed quite early because of the baby I said, I'll say goodnight to you, and then I'll chat for another <laughs> half hour and then say goodnight to you. So there you go. If you don't know, that's the kind of relationship me and Brett have, hence why we literally say whatever we want to each other. Just in case you listen to this, you think, wow, that's a bit of a nasty relationship. Um, <laughs> but we are going to talk about everything that's going on. Well, yeah, we are going to talk about everything that's going on in wrestling at the moment. Now, Brett, you said actually said something very kind to me the other day when we were having one of our epic chats, and you said it was literally my passion for pro wrestling that got you back into it. Yeah, no, it genuinely was. When we worked together at Video Gamer, I remember it was one of those things where I always wanted to get back into it, never did. It was one of those where you think, I'm too far gone, too far past it. And then you, obviously, every time you opened your mouth, a a wrestling reference came out of it. (laughs) And it was like, I thought, well, I've got an excuse now. I've got to be like, right, I've got to find out what's going on or what's being spoken about so I can update my references. And, And I sort of started, it was how I sort of got to know you, I think it was. I started talking about, the only things that I knew, which were the Attitude Era, and every, I just threw out Stone Cold, and then obviously that, that resonated and it had a reference. And I started watching it, and it was sort of, I thought, you know what, I can keep watching this. And I got really back into it, and the network really helps as well in that the pay-per-views are all there. I haven't, got to, I haven't got to do the things like when we were younger, we had to hit play and record on a VHS. Long play, night, six hours. It. Long play, fast forward through that. Score Italia or whatever it was on Channel 5 <laughs> and, uh, and it was sort of like I, at first I watched it religiously I watched everything as in like every minute of Raw and Smackdown and NXT and now I sort of because I've watched it for so long since we first started getting back into it, I now do the thing which I imagine a lot of people do is where 
you sort of pick and choose what you watch and then you yeah. highlight the rest of it. Just because there's so much wrestling to watch. Anyway. And now that I've got into New Japan as well, there's so much wrestling to watch. You sort of have to pick and choose the bits that you really want to watch. I just, and it's sort of like match of the day, the rest. Yeah, it's true. And I just want to point out as well, that's right. My love for pro wrestling got non-watching pro wrestling ex-fan Brett Phipps into watching New Japan. I deserve a medal. That is some serious... <laughs> that, that, that is some serious love. New Japan should put me a check, a check in the mail. Uh, we will get to New Japan, actually. We'll get to New Japan at the end, I think. We'll talk, we'll talk WWE first. I mean, we'll kind of touch on Raw and SmackDown, uh, you know, as we need to. But, you know, we just come out of the Royal Rumble. We're now building towards Fastlane and the Elimination Chamber. Brett, I always appreciate your opinions on pro wrestling. I think mostly because you do come at it in a very different perspective from me. I wouldn't say I'm a jaded fan by any stretch of the imagination. Like, you know, most people know I like to be quite positive. However, you know, you've picked up on information retroactively and retrospectively, and I actually think that gives you some interesting opinions. So right now, where WWE is, where we're going, what we've just had, you know, how how do, how do you feel about the product at the moment? I I loved the Royal. I didn't expect to love the Royal Rumble as much as I did because I, I again I I sort of it's like a Peter Pan syndrome I don't want to grow up and look at it with the jadedness that I often do especially when like bizarre decisions happen like we argue all the time there's so many times where something will happen like Stephanie McMahon being so far forward in the, the <laughs> show we're like why but then they'll do something that's so fun like that Royal Rumble the men's Rumble was so fun to watch because it was like they were in on the joke and they were in on it and they knew they were listening. It's times when you feel like the writers and Vince McMahon and Triple are listening to what we're saying and they respond. And there's so much bizarre stuff going on. Like when the hurricane came out and you're just like, that is so good. And when Ray comes out, those things remind me why I like watching things like I'm a kid again. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. And there's so many things that are sort of fun to just just see happen and and then even the roman reigns push which people get annoyed about it's like he's still really good so i kind of enjoy watching it anyway so it doesn't really matter where he's on the card i just enjoy it so it doesn't really matter the and like we were chatting about before the belts don't really mean that much <laughs> no, anymore in terms of push. they really don't i think the thing with roman reigns to me and i've said this before is that i can't remember which show it was now i think it's raw 25th anniversary show you know, there was like, the crowd was there and they were quite up for it, you know, sort of like a smart mark crowd, all that kind of stuff. And then Roman Reigns comes out and he got booed to such a degree and there was such a level of noise that I was like, if I was only a casual watcher in wrestling, I'd think Roman Reigns was a big deal too. Because people, you know, they react, again, it's that classic thing. If people did nothing, then yeah, WWE would have to change their mind. But, and it's ever kind of since then, what was that, about three weeks ago, whenever it was. I don't know. I, I, you're right. He's, he's so good in the ring. Like, I enjoyed the match he had. Actually, I liked how Raw started this week. Raw started this week with a cold open. Well, not a cold open. We just had a couple of promos. We went straight into a match. And yeah, it was a bit shit that it was Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns. We've seen that a thousand times. However, again, it was a decent match. I completely understand why Roman Reigns is, is the guy they've chosen. It's just, a, it's just a shame they can't, you know, change plans because it hasn't gone how they intended it to go. That's the only thing that annoys me. Yeah, especially when there's so many things that you, you, there's so many examples of them changing the script and changing plans. It seems like this has just been something where Vince has gone, right, no, this is how it's going to happen. Doesn't it matter take us three, was it like three years now to be trying to push Roman? Oh, so it's like, I mean, no, this maybe, is, I, think, I think it's like five. <laughs> I can't remember. Now, it's a long time. Maybe, I don't know. It's a long time. I mean, I'll look it up. Hang on. I'm going to look it up now. It's basically since the Shield broke up, right? 
Yeah, pretty much. You're, it yeah. must be. You're right. It's it, it's three years. It was three. It wasn't five years ago. It's three years. You're right. It's three years. Three years. Four, yeah, June June second, two thousand fourteen. So yeah, we're coming up but to just, four years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I just I kind of feel like it's it they it's gone on so long now that it has become a parody of itself. Like the John Cena booze. Yeah, they wanted to it to be that all along. It's sort of. But now even like the so I watched the WWE twenty four on last year's Mania recently. And do you remember before they used to mute or try and mask over Reigns' booze? Oh, the time for a they long loved time. it, yeah. Yeah, but now, even in that documentary, when he comes out and they show him coming through the curtain, they let the booze ring through so loud. So they sort of like they are beginning to embrace it as well as a way of saying, yeah, he's got a huge, you know, reception, but it doesn't matter which way it goes. The fact is he's still getting a lot of attention, so we're going to embrace it no matter what. I hope so. I mean, I think we're going to know more after WrestleMania because I think it's almost a lock that he's going to beat Lesnar at WrestleMania 34. So I think it depends what they do after that because that's it then. You can't, you can't muck around with this anymore. You can't go, oh, we'll try again next year. We'll try, we'll try again next year. No, this is the year that you do it. And I'll be intrigued to see what kind of direction he takes. So I can't believe all of a sudden he's going to come out and everyone's going to start cheering him. Be like, wait. <laughs> yeah. You know, in what, I'm really what? interested in how long he has it for. Because like you say, could it be a, where he has it for like two years? Like he goes on a Miz type Intercontinental. Because how are they going to keep the belt on him for that long is the harder thing. It's all right pushing and giving where everyone's like, oh, this is bollocks, you know, he's had it. You know, he's been getting this push. But once he's there, who are you going to throw at him who, where the crowd obviously knows he's not going to lose? That's the harder push. You're right. And I think... I mean, the problem with WWE, I bet, I bet somebody backstage just has the idea of, oh, he should go, he should beat CM Punk's record from a few years ago just because they don't like CM Punk. But the problem with modern day WWE is all it takes is somebody to come up with an idea or an injury or, you know, or something that kind of throws them off kilter and they will change their plans on a whim. So you can yeah. actually get to SummerSlam and someone can go, oh, no, Braun's got to win it now. Why? Well, he just does. And then Roman loses. So I think there's no way to account what, they're going to do in that regard going forward but you're right the believability the believability factor is going to be and also who does he feel i mean does he have apparently coming out of wrestlemania anyway spoilers blah blah is that you know bobby lash is going to come back and he's going to feud with brock lesnar so that means what does roman reigns go into once he comes out because if he's going to go into a feud with someone like braun Strowman, who obviously at the moment is the hottest guy in the company everybody loves him you can't have Roman lose straight away. At least I don't think that would be a good idea after you've put all this time no. and effort in. But at the same time, what do you do with Braun? You can't have Braun. Although apparently Braun's going to win the IC title, so maybe they go off in their own separate directions. My point is, is it literally just going to be like a conveyor belt of people? So it'd be Reigns versus Balor. Balor loses. Reigns versus, I don't know, Samoa Joe. Joe loses. Reigns versus The Miz for a bit. Miz loses. Because that's going to get really boring really quickly. I think what would be the most exciting thing for them to do would be let people get annoyed. Give him a load of like equivalent of squash matches. Give him the Miz for a little while because Miz is so good on the mic. Let him do what he did with John Cena until Dean Ambrose is back, until he's fit. And then that is something that comes out of nowhere. Dean comes to it because that will be something that people would think he's the only one who can actually get that belt away from him in some fashion. Because then you've got the shield thing going on. There could be some sort of double swerve. There could be, there's a lot more possibilities of putting Ambrose against. There's a bit more believability in that. There could be, even if like, you know, like when the title comes away, even for like a, a week or a few weeks, and then it goes back to Roman. So like, there's something in an Ambrose feud. And then if you just keep it going over until he's healthy, 
there might be something there. I'd be up for that. I mean, the only, the only problem I have with that, not problem's the wrong word, but the only difficulty thing there, what I would love to see is a heel Dean Ambrose versus a face Roman Reigns. And that is the, that's the angle I think WWE will go with. But the problem is, everyone's going to cheat Dean Ambrose and everyone's going to boo Roman Reigns. So <laughs> straight away, you're going to have that disconnect again where WWE are trying to tell a story and the fans are like, nah, don't, don't want to tell that story. And then you just end up in this confangled I think that's the problem I think what the Royal Rumble really highlighted for me and on Smackdown as well I mean Nakamura didn't do much on Smackdown he just walked past AJ Styles and said I'm going to beat you at Wrestlemania but the point was every time Nakamura's on screen when he won the Rumble when people know that he's going to Wrestlemania they're happy to see it and it's such a novelty in wrestling to, well, WWE in 2018 to have a baby face that people love that's winning big matches and that people are getting behind so oh this is what wrestling's all about because oh yeah like you said it's happened with Reigns it's happened with Cena and there's been a few guys that have come and gone since then but they've been your main guys I'm not saying Nakamura more has been pushed there however he is considered a main event deal and the fact that he can do this stuff and garner the right reaction it's like AJ Styles being champ it's just nice and yeah and and that's why I think that's the real reason I get annoyed they won't go all the way with Roman in a heel direction because then we're not playing against the system and we're playing into the story and I kind of think that's what WWE's got away from recently it has got a bit too internet fan base I don't mean that in a bad way I just 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 too much playing up to I don't know. I, I just want good guys to be cheered and bad guys to, to be booed. Like this whole Shades of Grey thing, I think it's kind of run its course. I want to go back to good guys and bad guys. Well, that's the sort of thing that I, I'm hoping they let happen in that I do, I do see what you mean. It does feel like it's not like so much inmates running the inside. It does feel like a forum's right in the scripts at times. I do see that side of it. But what I'm also enjoying is that it's not just this is what a heel should look like. This is what a baby face should look like. So you've got Nakamura, who's the quirkiest, most bizarre character that people do get behind because of that. You've got, in NXT, you've got Johnny Gargano, who's just so pure babyface that that's something that you don't see anymore. Oh, yeah. You've got Kevin, you've got Kevin Owens, who's got that. He's supposed to be heel, but because he's so funny, you can't not like him. Yeah. So I think there's, it's not so much shades of grey, it's just different personalities and that, that you warm to them differently. And like I say, with AJ Styles, he's got the cocky, arrogant thing that at first was presented as a heel, but then because he proved that he was so good, people are like, oh, actually, you're all right. He's like the Yankees. You hate them, but they're t- he's too good to that- not like what he does. I think that's what it is. And also, there's this weird thing with the modern-day fan where, I think Wrestling Observer go on about this all the time, but you know, fans want Kevin Owens to to do well because he's deserved it because he obviously you know, put in his time and his hours on the indie scene and you know, he's considered a, a, a wrestling darling. But ultimately, wrestling ain't real. So no one really deserves anything. It's all just one big story. <laughs> and I think, do you know what I mean? I think that's the other thing we've got away from. And I understand why. That's, you know, business evolves, business change. But that is, sometimes I'm a bit like, it's a shame the story. What do you mean you deserve it? You don't go and watch The Terminator and start going, yeah, you deserve it, Terminator. Um, but I think that's, but that's the nature of the, I think that's the, one of the beauty things about um, pro wrestling as well, is that it is just, it's just nuts and weird and it's unlike anything else, which is why I think it manifests itself in the way that it does. It's just, yeah. it's, it's not like anything else. And so, yeah, I completely, you're completely right. It's the whole thing with like Sami Zayn as well. He's a great heel, but he's not really a heel. People still love him. Yeah. Do you know what the best example of that is that WWE's done in probably the past three, four, five years was James Ellsworth winning the women's money in the bank. It annoyed everyone. And it, <laughs> it again, because it's not real, they knew it was going to... And it's like you say, it was the perfect heel move because people were so upset because it was the first women's money in the bank. It was won by a man. 
people were in uproar, but it was like, that's exactly the reaction you want. It's supposed to get a negative reaction because that was how it was scripted to be. Yeah. If everyone cheered for it, that would have been awful. If everyone cheered him winning it, then that's not getting him the heel turn that you wanted. So you want the negativity, you want the anger, and you want to find out how they go about it in the next episode of SmackDown because that's what you want them doing. You want them tuning back in. Yeah. It works exactly how they wanted. I, and I thought that was brilliant. I got so angry. Well, I, I, I understood the anger as well, to a certain point, in the sense, yeah, that, you, exactly. in the sense that you think, well, yeah, it is the first, it is the first women's in the bank, and maybe it would be nice if like a proper woman won it. But then it goes back to what we just said. But you cannot, that's the whole beauty of wrestling. Like, if you had the first ever, I know this is not the case, I'm just, I'm just hypothetically speaking, you had the first women's World Cup final, right? No dude's going to come on and take the last penalty <laughs> in the match because it just, it, the match would be called off and the dude would be arrested. But I think, that, again, that is the beauty of pro wrestling, is you can do something like that because it's nonsense. And I think maybe we forget that. I mean, maybe we all forget sometimes that wrestling is nonsense and it's meant to be enjoyed as such. I think that's probably a problem as well. I think we as fans, as much as, as, much as the blame, is sometimes I say maybe we take it too seriously. There's nothing wrong with taking it too seriously, especially because, you know, having that kind of critique and that back and forth is, you know, it's a, it's a real sense of, uh, uh, it's got worth to some people. However, yeah, it, is, it is dudes and dudettes rolling around in their pants having fake fights. I mean, you know, it's, well, I, not, you know what I mean? I think what you said is really true as well. Is that there's a lot of, of of feeling that people are owed something, and like oh, you yeah. say, the, being the champion is considered being given what someone's owed. But for like, it's, it's like a it's like an actor in a movie. If they're not the hero, then that's not be, like imagine Tom Cruise <laughs> being in a film. If he's not the, the biggest star in the movie, then he's not getting what he's owed. But as long as he's getting paid what he's supposed to be paid, then that's fine. Yeah, we all walk like, we walk out of the movie. Thunder. It's probably fun though. He's a fat bald guy, agent, and that's it. As long as he's getting paid his money and enjoying what he does, then that's fine. Yeah. As long as they're happy with what they're doing, then it's perfectly reasonable for them to be putting these bizarre storylines. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin put on a cowboy hat and played a, a small guitar. Oh man, still. With angle. So still, it's brilliant. Still, I, I mean, it's such a weird thing. And I know, again, if you look at it from today, you can kind of say it's probably an error on WWE's part because it did chase a lot of people away. Everybody was like, this is not yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin I want to see. However, the character itself, I actually think that gave Austin longevity. I mean, I don't know how long, I, mean, I know everyone still loved Austin, but he, he was on the downward trend. And that now, that we're so far removed for it that business metrics don't matter. They never really should matter to fans anyway. But now I'm so happy that happened because he gave me so many stupid memories that I look back on yeah. And just crack up. Like the, my favourite is when he's in the ring with the Alliance. Uh, I think he's with the Alliance, and he just goes up to Hugh Morris. He just goes, "Did I say something funny? Did I say something humorous?" <laughs> it's just the It's just so dumb. <laughs> it is so dumb, and that you can see on his face, he's desperately trying not to laugh. And I, I, I like that we have those memories. And yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like I, we would. I, I don't know. I don't know. Wrestling is just nuts. So I understand why we go on these flights of fancy with it, but. I don't know. It's it, I don't know. I, if sometimes I think if we did just enjoy it a bit more rather than, but then again, you know, the analytical analytical side is I guess is fun for some people, so I don't want to criticize it too much. That's why I've got a podcast about it. So, you know, yeah, it, I, I do. I see what you're saying. There is that too. So you people want to enjoy. The, I don't want to say the sport of wrestling, but it is the sport. So like the the physical spectacle in the ring. But like I love. Like one of my favourite things as a kid. Do you remember when Mick Foley was GM as well? He used to drive around on that little car and he had the gavel. Still says, well. still that, says that's his. Fa- that. well, he says that's his favourite time ever. That's the highlight of his career. So it was brilliant. It was so funny because of the way he used to just come into any sort of backstage skit and then just make it was just, it was just chaos. It was. Just, I remember things like that. Probably not for Mick Foley and Steve Austin because they were like the moments they put on in the ring are just so good. But you think of those backstage things. 
and how bizarre they are. Like Adrian Christian, another perfect example. Do you remember when they were tag champs and they kept trying to get out of defending them as well? And they oh, did man. all those with Mick. Like when he, Christian was thrown up in the toilet and he was just pouring soup into the toilet. <laughs> That's so, so stupid. Good. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Just things like that. I love, I love it because like you say, it's just the madness of wrestling as well. Like yeah. South Park episode where that guy gets upset because it's not real wrestling. So when <laughs> yeah. they start making a huge thing, they turn it into a story, which is the best. I, I, and don't get me wrong. I think it's only fair to say sometimes WWE takes that too far. You know, like the time that Mae Young, oh, yeah. Young gave birth to a hand. To this day, I still don't know what that was about. She had sex with Mark Henry and gave birth to a hand. Just so I think someone could do the punchline, somebody give her a hand. And that is, I mean... <laughs> they work backwards. Well, that is, that is bottom of the barrel stuff. And of course, you know, one time Triple H had sex with a dead body. But, you know, that... <laughs> That, and he the, married an unconscious woman. Honestly, man, that's the thing no one ever talks about now. Within the realms of the WWE story, I mean, I, I, no, technically not, right? Because obviously it turns out that they, it was a ruse, so they were in it together. However, before you knew that, yeah, the story was Triple H had drugged <laughs> yeah. and essentially accosted some woman and then married her against her will. And he was a face. I mean, he was a heel at the time, but not really. Like, oh, man, I mean, it's a crazy... And let's not forget as well, obviously, that Vince McMahon once wanted to do an incest storyline. I mean, that's the bar for WWE. Vince McMahon pins an yeah. incest storyline with his own kids... And they went, no, no, Dad, you, you, you've got to Imagine too far. that meeting. Imagine, like, he sat one side of the boardroom table, and they're, like, his, Stephanie and Shane are sat the other. They exchange awkward looks, and yeah. they're like, no. Dad. I've got, I've got, I've got. The weirdest one as well is it was all born out of the fact that they were doing an angle with Ken Shamrock and Ryan Shamrock. And it was so weird. This is where wrestling gets so fucked up. Because in storyline, Ken Shamrock and Ryan Shamrock were brother and sister. But in real life, they were dating because obviously it wasn't actually his real sister. But in the storyline, Vince McMahon started to tease an incest angle or something. And then he did it again with Katie Birchall and Paul Birchall. What the flip is wrong with that place? Anyway, we're getting, <laughs> we're getting, we're getting well off track. Um, I do want to talk about Raw, actually. I want to talk about the main event of Raw because I think that's something that's kind of sparked a bit of, I don't want to say controversy, but a bit of interest. So obviously the main event was uh, John Cena versus uh, Braun Strowman versus Elias. Winner gets to go as the last man into the elimination chamber in terms of the last entrant in the pods. And obviously Elias won, but Elias won after Braun Strowman had basically destroyed everybody and Elias basically tricked Braun Strowman and pinned John Cena. And the problem that we kind of have, or the problem some people have, and I understand it, is we saw a pinfall victory over John Cena, which in this day and age should really still be protected and used as a big deal because he's the only star they've got. Elias may have won, but he didn't really win because then Braun Strowman won because he beat the crap out of everybody. But how did you see it, Brex? I know you come at these things very differently to most people. Yeah, I kind of like the finish because everyone got a rub in the, in the sense that I know, right, so Elias... I'm really glad they're pushing him because I, I really love Elias. He's just, he's something so different to what everyone else is doing. And the fact that he's got that walk with Elias bit over is just brilliant. But but he gets the pin on Cena without beating John Cena. So, you know, I get that the pin is huge, but it's Braun, essentially it's Braun's pin on Cena. So that's what protects it a little bit because like Braun smashed through everyone. So for him to do that to Cena balances it a bit. It's not like, I don't know, some mid-carder has battered Cena and got that pin. Braun stays protected because A, he wasn't pinned. B, he smashes everyone in the ring. And I guess the only one who comes out worse in this is Cena. But he sort of, again, it's been done by Braun, which they've always said Braun is the one who smashes through everyone in this company. So 
I kind of like the finish in the way that it's sort of like an ABC thing and a rock, paper, scissors. So I sort of like that finish. Yeah, no, I, I, I do see what you mean. I just, I'm in two worlds. One, I don't think any of it matters anyway. But two, <laughs> I, I, but two, I like, well, yeah, exactly, turn it off. But I just, I, I don't know. I, I kind of, I think it all depends on what happens next week. I think if you're going to push Elias, you should just go all in with Elias. And maybe he doesn't get such a fluky victory. I, th- I think what I'm more focused on is I never want to see John Cena take random pinfalls just because he's the only dude in the company that I still will always believe won't get beat. So then if you're going to surprise me and let him get beat, you're always going to get a reaction. Whereas here, they kind of negated that just because it was done in a bit of a slapdash fashion. And I'm not saying it's a problem. It depends what happens over the next few weeks, like I say. But I, my problem is this, is that I don't believe, and we think we've kind of seen this over the last few weeks, I don't believe in a one-on-one match Elias would ever beat John Cena clean. And a part of me is like, well, maybe he should. If you want to push Elias and you think he's the guy, I guess my thing is I don't like the WWE never pulls the trigger properly. That's the thing I think. Yeah. I like, it's just, if you're going to push a guy, you know, screw what I think or anybody the fans think. If you genuinely think you've got something in this dude and John Cena's going part-time and you know, he's still the biggest star in the company and you can actually use wins and losses to mean something... And maybe they will. That's what I mean. Maybe they will. But sometimes I would just think it'd be better if they just did it and see what happens. Yeah, I honestly thought what was going to happen was because they were teasing the Cena Elias feud before this, like a couple of weeks ago when they was, you know, having their thing. I thought that those two were going to get in each, get in each other's way rather than getting up on Braun. And then Braun would win this match. And then it would t- lead to Cena versus Elias. And Elias would get the rub over Cena. That was what I honestly thought was going to be the route they take with this. I am surprised at the finish, but also don't hate it because, again, it's, I, I always enjoy when it's not what I expect, so I'm never going to dislike it when they go a different way yeah, that's than fair. what we expect. No, that's fair. I bet, you, I bet you at the Elimination Chamber, Elias comes in last, and he gets AA'd... Well, the whole time. Well, he gets AA'd within a minute, and then he's out of the match. I bet you any money, that is, his, oh, gosh. that is his punishment for beating John Cena. Is that John Cena will beat him in 30 seconds, and a little commentator will be like, ha, 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 it was pointless him being in last. And then we'll all be like, thanks, thanks, WWE. Thanks for doing that. That was, uh, <laughs> that was pointless. You wasted, you wasted <laughs> our lives. So, so thank you very much. Um, what I was hoping was he does, he's due to come out last. He, get, he keeps his guitar in the chamber, Plays it the whole time. Braun gets so pissed off, he smashes the glass and drags him out early. Oh, dude, that's much better. Do that. That would because be... I, because I really hope. Because remember that time when... I can't remember which chamber it was when Mark Henry's glass got broke too early and he just looked there like, oh, I don't know what to do now because it's not my turn. That was I'd a... love it if that was like Braun got so annoyed by it. He kept making a song, I don't know, saying Braun's rubbish, whatever, I, I beat you all day. And then it's Braun's like, nope, and then just smashes the glass. I love that. Drags him out and then beats him. Do that. They're my favourite bits when WWE does stuff like that. That time the chamber did break, that's when wrestlers, that's when I really get mad at wrestlers. It's like, what would you, just pretend, <laughs> just pretend it's real. In those situations, pretend it's real. You wouldn't just hang in the chamber. You leave. You're free. You want to win the match. And they just stand there like, well, this is not part of the script. That's the only problem. And actually, maybe I don't blame them because maybe they're told, you know, you never go off script. But yeah, when that kind of stuff happens, I'm always like, come on, boys. Come on now. Just you look ridiculous. Yeah. But no, I think it's a great idea. I'd much rather that happen because that way you're, you're having fun with the chamber as well. And in a, in a, WWE, yeah, exactly. in a WWE world where they over stipulate everything and stipulations kind of mean nothing, at least then you're using the environment to have some fun. I'd be well up for that. And also, again, like you said, before when the Chamber used to literally be a, a savage hell arena, now they can sort of be fun with it, but also not risk on being thrown off the top or do something 
completely bonkers as well, yeah, like they used to do. Yeah, it's padded now, which is I can't believe it wasn't padded before. To be honest, nah, just just put it on steel. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah like... just climb up the top and then let go. <laughs> Mental. Do you remember in the first <laughs> in the first one as well when RVD crushed Triple H's larynx with a five star frog splash off the one of the pods? I mean, I don't. Yeah. You, were you watching then? I can't remember, but I was. It was no, I, I think I watched it. I, I, when was what year was the first That's one? Two thousand two. Oh no, I definitely would have watched that. Yeah, yeah it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, madness, mad. Those, I, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I remember him like it's just such a one of those where you just think, right? I know he's not all right, but why is he carrying on? It's like the one. Do you remember when like Triple H faced Sting and he got a, in the main and he got a massive bruise on the back? Like when he's <laughs> yeah. thing went. It's like we can all see you're you're in bits right now. I know. Well, I, I, no one agrees with me on this, and I, I'm well aware of that. But I think, given that pro wrestling isn't real, it is an injury. Just stop the damn thing. And I get it; that ruins believability and stuff. But I'm much more concerned about people's health. I mean, if you crush someone's larynx and they're slowly choking to death, I think it's okay to go. You know what? Maybe wrestling's not as important. Just a guess. <laughs> just, just yeah. an assumption. But like they stop boxing. They stop UFC for severe injuries. So I think you can stop the fake version of what you. Yeah, it yeah, it's I think you absolutely should. Like, I understand you've got to be a tough guy. All right, we'll take it out of the wrestler's hands. Just make it mandatory. I don't want to see any more deaths, man. If you're a wrestling fan, we've seen way too many deaths. No more deaths. We haven't had like a, a, a I don't think so, I could be wrong, but we haven't had like a horrible death in ages. Not a horrible death. I mean, Bobby Heenan dying <laughs> last year was obviously sad. We haven't had a good one in ages. Yeah, well, we haven't had like a. Oh, like a, a shocking one. I know I what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those. Yeah. So, the last one would have been um, the one for Rey Mysterio, wouldn't it? On the, the ropes. Oh, Paraguay Junior. Yeah, I think that was. Yeah, see, that was awful. Oh, stuff like that, man. It's just, it's just horrible. That's the thing, so I don't enjoy, see, I, as a kid, obviously, when you watch it when you're younger, you enjoy everything you're seeing. But I stop enjoying any, especially when I'm watching it live, I stop enjoying what I'm watching when I worry that someone's got really hurt. And I'm sorry, oh, if other yeah. like, they like the ECW version of it, where they like, you know, the barbed wire, the thumbtacks. I stop enjoying wrestling the second I worry that someone's got hurt, like properly hurt. If I know they're selling it, and they're selling like, you know, when someone's working the leg or they're working whatever, I can enjoy the fact that they're working an angle. But if I genuinely think someone's hurt themselves, it's like, well, it's, it, it's not good anymore. It's why I don't watch, it, it sounds really shitty, it sounds why I don't watch Strictly Come Dance. If someone falls, I'm mortified. <laughs> I don't like watching it. I don't like it. No, dude, I agree with you, man. Like, I, I, I absolutely agree. I don't, I, I just think, I just think we don't have to do it. If we don't have to do it, let's not do it. Simple as that, right? But yeah, yeah I mean, I don't like, know. That's why I, I will always enjoy watching John Cena wrestle as well. People moan about him, but everything he does and every move he takes, every bump he takes, every bump he delivers, it's so safe, but also done so superbly that it's really good to watch as well. It, it, I, I, I don't know how to describe it. I remember talking to you about it where he, his shoulders are so huge. I remember he, he took a pop-up powerbomb from Kevin Owens. His head didn't even touch the canvas. That's how big he is and how well he took it. It's like that sort of thing. It's like, yeah, do what you want. I always enjoy watching you because I'm not going to worry that you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah, I, I totally agree, man. I don't... I mean, we'll get to New Japan, which, which kind of, you know, throws that in a different direction, but... There's, yeah. there, there's ways and means and it's uh, yeah I mean the only thing I want to talk about Raw before I mean not, not a lot happened on Raw really it was just kind of one of those things but I did want to talk about the whole Jason Jordan stuff because Jason Jordan has oh my god well, yeah he, he's under now they say he's undergone minor neck surgery and that to me is like saying I'm only a little bit on fire it's like <laughs> <laughs> you know my, my, minor I don't think you can, to me anyway I, I know what they're saying um, now I don't know 
the procedure. I don't know the ins and outs. I do know that at one point the rumor was he was going. We had the same kind of injury as Edge and I think it was Arn Anderson. And, you know, they both had surgeries that kept them out for a year and ultimately ended their career. I don't know if that's the case. I do know that WWE have been keeping them out of matches. And I do know he was written off TV on, on, on Raw, basically got sent home by his fake dad. Uh, now, a part of me thinks he is going to be back for WrestleMania because, you know, on Raw, they continue to tease the animosity between, Ro- uh, between Roman Reigns, between Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan, which I think they're doing well. You know, they're taking it quite slow and they're going well. You know, going well with it, but I don't know how this affects anything, and no one seems to be giving like a solid answer to it. Yeah, I couldn't believe how bad because it, it was only when you told me. So I just thought this was setting up the heel turn, like when uh, Rollins and Jordan were fighting the bar, and he just he stayed out the ring and he wouldn't tag in and all that stuff. I thought that was just something, and then you told me how bad the injury was. I was like, oh my Jesus, why is he anywhere near that ring? Through the, like you told me that he can't even clench his fist. He can't that, grip. That's the rumor, yeah. His, his wife went on social. It's so weird. His wife went on social media and said, uh, "You're all. It's all been over. Raw. It's not true. He's fine. He'll be back soon." And then three hours later, WWE posts Jason Jordan undergoes neck surgery, and you're like, "What is this? this is so stupid." <laughs> um, but I mean, the, the rumor was nipping to the shop. Exactly. Yeah, to get my neck fixed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the rumor was he can grip anything and that was reported by loads of people so i think there must be some truth to it and look, any kind of neck injury that can be the case so yeah i think that is true but now i don't I'd, I'd just be intrigued to see what they do he's not gonna be on tv i don't know what that leaves seth rollins uh obviously they had a little thing on raw where it was roman reigns and seth rollins versus the bar just to because obviously yeah jordan can't do anything and jordan cost them the match i mean i do think that seth rollins and the bar have to separate now i cannot see that yeah, match sure. ever again as long as i live uh, but the other weird thing, I mean, transitioning a little bit, is who is a ready-made tag team, you know, contender for for the bar? I know they've been pushing the Balor Club a bit, but not really. The stuff with the revival has been very back and forth. It, I, it would feel yeah, weird exactly. to me if all of a sudden they were. I mean, like WWE cares. And then you kind of look at. I mean, Heath Slater and Rhino have vanished again. They were doing that whole story, but they weren't on Raw. At least I don't think they were. Um, I tell you, man. I know it's still going on. Obviously, the start. Of, the start of Raw had Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns wins. He qualifies for the Elimination Chamber. And then after the match, Matt Hardy attacks Bray Wyatt. But I tell you, I, I wouldn't be too adverse to somehow getting to Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt being put together as a tag team. I actually think that would do both of them the world of good. But then the problem is then with that, as much as I, I think that would be quite good, is then it's sort of too similar to the... Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton story that we had last year where you're waiting for that double turn of one of them not being a, a true follower of the other. That's all I worry about. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, yeah, to make the specific works, you, you, there is somewhat of a leap of faith, to say the least. But yeah. I don't know. But, I just What do you do with Bray Wyatt? Now, there you go. It's a question we ask all the time. But look, it, clearly he's going to have a feud with Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy will win the next match because Bray Wyatt beat him at Raw 25. And then you have the blow-off. I guess Bray would win that because they don't seem very behind Matt Hardy at this point anyway. So... I, but then what do you do? They, they, they just both feel so lost to me. Yeah. My question to you is, what do you think about Bray Wyatt's character? Before we talk about what you think should be done, where he goes in the card, what do you think of the Bray Wyatt character at the minute? I, I think it's dead. But then again, I've never been... I liked Bray Wyatt, but I, you know, everyone, oh, his entrance is amazing. His entrance is amazing. I, I, I've never been a big fan of that. I think it's a cool entrance, but I never really liked the music mm. or anything like that. Like I was the exception to that rule. And now the fact that he's kind of, you know, they dressed him up like a woman. I mean, it's a hard thing to come <laughs> back from. Like, to me, it was such a waste because 
you know, Bray Wyatt's peak was when he was in the Wyatt, the Wyatt family. And I'm not saying you have to get that back together, but I think, you know, finding a, a female performer to play Sister Abigail would have been far better and give him a, you know, give him kind of a, a, a somewhat of a group again, I think would have been a good idea. But I, I, mean, I don't know whether we can go back to that now. So I really don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what the best thing to do is. And I guess maybe then, do I, do, am I allowed an, a, a critical opinion on it? Because if I don't know what to do, why should I expect anybody else to know what to do with him? But uh, Yeah, I think, I think the only thing, I love the entrance. I remember when I went to WWE um, live at the end of last year and saw the entrance in person. It, it's my favourite entrance by far. And it's one of those that's really weird because obviously it, it doesn't get a pop, but as soon as the music hits, everyone puts their phones in the air. Yeah. And it's just such a brilliant, it's such a, a captivating thing to be a part of and to see happen. It just, it, it's a great visual. So I think that I love that, but I feel like you either, I don't know what I'd enjoy seeing from Bray. I don't know if you either do the thing like, in the same way that you've got Woken Matt Hardy, I don't know if you do a thing where Bray sort of, comes out of the cult that he, he he's supposedly following, which is his own little thing, and sort of, you know what I mean, where people get what's the word where someone gets kicked out of a cult because they stop believing that, like excavated or whatever it is, and sort of oh, yeah, yeah. does a completely new character, or or you give him a bunch of followers, and then it becomes he, he rebuilds an entire cult out. I don't know what you do with him because they feel like they're not going to do anything with him the way he is. Cause probably he's a cult leader. And he's got no one around him. It's just really weird. The character has become so isolated. It's sort of too dismissed. I just don't get it. Yeah. I, I bet you agree with you. Yeah. He, he doesn't make sense anymore. Like I don't, I don't even know what the, the, the original plan, the original plan was in terms. Maybe they didn't have an original no. plan. Maybe that was the issue. They just kind of flew by the seat of their pants and that, you know, it's got them to this point. Yeah. But the th- is I love watching him wrestle. He has such a he's so aggressive when he wrestles. He has he, the way he delivers everything he does, I really enjoy watching. Not a fan of like the the um the thing he does in the corner where he, he tilts his head back and all that stuff anymore. Because like you say, that's something that was done for so long. But I love watching him wrestle. I just wish the problem he has is the almost the opposite of John Cena. When John Cena wrestles, you know he's gonna win. When I watch Bray Wyatt, if the bigger the event is the greater chance he has he's going to lose. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so it's like, I really want him to do well, but it's, it's especially oh, especially if he's against someone, anyone who's a name, it's like, well, then he's going to get squashed. Yeah. He's being treated like a low-card entry-level, like someone they get from the local wrestling scene, and they just bring them in. So he's fighting Roman, he's going to lose. Cena, that's it. Take You know, he needs to get a big win over someone. It does. I remember like, watching him. I started getting, not worried about it, but I remember I rose an eyebrow. I can't remember the pay-per-view event, but he did his feud with Chris Jericho, and Chris Jericho was still basically part-time at that point, and Chris Jericho won. That is when I, I remember that was the first time I was like, wait, what? Like, why does that make any sense? And to this day, I don't know why they did that. But to me, that is when it went downhill. And why the hell they ever did that Undertaker match at WrestleMania? What a waste of time that was. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know why the whole Taker thing keeps happening as well. It's like he's retired three years and I, I love the undertaker he's probably the, the best to ever do it but just let let it end at one point because the big thing was obviously the streak ending and then the bigger thing was reigns doing it again it, I, I don't know but it felt like there needs to be a significant moment and now again it's that classic WWE thing where they do something that has a reaction they think well let's do this over and over and over again but yeah. coming back sorry, coming back to the uh jason jordan thing one thing i think would be good with him if they can keep him around in any capacity for Rollins, maybe. I mean, is Kurt still scheduled to wrestle at Mania at all? 
Well, the rumour now is if they can't get The Rock in that tag match, it's going to be Stefan Triple H against Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle. Oh, shut up. You know, I, I don't know how true that oh. is, but... You know. Because, I mean, clearly, it's not that classic. Like, they were teasing that Jordan and Rollins were going to feud because they weren't getting on and Jordan was acting like an immature child, right? Yeah. So I thought what would be, they don't, that was sort of leading to if he can't fight... Jordan runs over to Kurt. He's like, Dad, he keeps picking on me. And then it's like, a, <laughs> my dad's going to beat up you, sort of thing. That's the only thing you can do with that. And it gets Kurt back in the ring. It might be a bad angle. It might be, I'm not a writer, but it's just sort of, Rollins is one of the best wrestlers they've got. And it, and then no matter who he's wrestling against, he can work to their style. So I don't know what condition Kurt's in, because the only t- sort of time we saw him was in the, the Shield match. Yeah. So I, I think that'd be a really, that'd be the best thing to watch in terms of, Rollins being able to really play to Kurt's strengths in his current condition. I, but I guess that's the way he can keep everyone around. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with Kurt Angle at this point. I mean, there was rumours going to be Triple H, but now it seems like he's tied up. Uh, then, yeah, Jason Jordan would be an option, but we don't know if he's injured or if he's going to be fighting with Seth. Maybe he doesn't have a WrestleMania match. I mean, I think they've dropped the ball with Kurt Angle by this stage anyway. I think that... Yeah, massively. It doesn't feel special anymore. I, no. don't, I don't care if he wrestles or not. I just, you know, he, he, when I see him in the ring... I don't like to overly criticise him because I know he's been through a lot, but, you know, it's not really the best. <laughs> you know, I don't feel like I've seen Kurt Angle yet because it's so heavy. It feels, I don't know if this is true, how it was in the past, but it feels way more heavily scripted now. It feels like he's coming out with his shackles on. So he can't, he can't respond to the crowd. He can't say what he's, he can't react to anything that's going on. That's the problem. And I really don't like, so there's too many hesitations. There's too much worrying about what he says next. I just like to see Kurt Angle do what he wants for a little bit and just play the room. I, I worry that he can't do it anymore. At least they don't trust him to do it anymore. That's my worry. Yeah. They just, they yeah. just, and he is, I think, I'm not saying he's a man that struggles, but I think he's a man that's had struggles. And you can kind of see that each week when he comes out. That would be my. Sort of like what, sort of the Foley thing as well, but in a different way. You yeah. Sort of like yeah. The, the age thing. Yeah. 100%. Uh, you know, maybe, I would say he's part, no, he is past it. I am saying that. I'm 100% saying that he's past it. <laughs> um, before we touch on some stuff on SmackDown as well, obviously at the Elimination Chamber, we are getting the first ever Elimination Chamber women's match. They kind of put all the competitors in there on, uh, on Raw. What was it? It's Alexa Bliss, Mickey James, Mandy Rose, Bailey, Sonya Deville and Sasha Banks. Nia Jax is going to take on Asuka, and if she beats her, they'll go into a triple threat match, a mania. My only problem with this is I don't need... Again, it's my, it's my problem with stipulations. I just think we see too many stipulations. And I'd just be happy if we didn't... Ha- we don't have to have a men's one this month. If you're so desperate to do a women's one, just do the women's one and don't do the men's one. Like, I'm all right with that. I don't, I don't get why we have to keep doing this. That's my only problem with it. Because now we've got to see two elimination chambers. And it always does. Like, I actually think WWE did a pretty decent job at the Royal Rumble having two Royal Rumbles. Like, all things considered. However, I don't need to see that every year. And it is getting a bit tick boxy at this stage. It's like, oh, it's elimination chamber. We've got to do a women's one. Okay, cool. But then don't do the men's one. Just give me a really cool men's match instead. You can still have good matches on those shows. Yeah, no, I agree. And also, I really, just to talk about the set, I really love the Alexa Bliss uh, promo that they did. Yeah, I, I really like that. Like, everyone, everyone, was, was everyone was down on it. I actually thought it was quite good. She brought in Brock Lesnar. You know, she tried to elevate herself to the the status of the Universal Champion. Yeah, okay, she did some sexism stuff, and that's always going to spark people off. But whatever, I don't care. It was fine. It was. She's a heel. Like she's the whole point. Um, again, it's written though. It's not like she walked out and said, "I'm going to say this." No, it was again the setup. I thought was really, really good. <laughs> but I think you're you're exactly right as well in the sense of it's sort of. 
they try and to promote the sort of oh the men's got this match now the women can have this match I, I give the, the the whole women's like division an entire pay-per-view and do it that way otherwise like say so you're because you, it's really imagine being in that room in the arena and you get so hyped for the first elimination chamber the crowd then completely crashes they're so run out of energy from all the cheering all the highs and lows and you've got to do it all again it's so hard to keep a crowd yeah. going for that and then it feels like one match isn't as good as the other which probably it's just because they're exhausted yeah it wasn't it you didn't we have the conversation where you said you think they should just come up with a brand new match for the women like a brand new stick match was that you I wish I said that because that's oh. a really good idea. Yeah, so, but someone, it was a, someone said, yeah. I can't remember who it was, but someone said to me, why, instead of like just, you know, tacking the men's one onto everything, why don't they actually have an evolution, have a revolution, come up with a brand new match and have the women debut in that? I was like, that's a really good idea. Maybe I came up with that. I didn't. Somebody yeah. said that to me. I don't know who that was now. But that was, I thought that was a really, a really smart idea. Yeah. And the thing is, you can edit this podcast. We'll make this sound like we've just come up with that idea right now. We'll get it going. You. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll exactly. Yeah. We did that. Hey, don't forget. Simon Miller predicted that Shane McMahon was going to come back like three weeks before it happened. I did that. I said that on this very podcast. You can go back and listen, and you can hear me to say it's the it's an episode with special guest Neil Gorton. I say to I don't know it wasn't Neil Gorton. It was someone. Anyway, I say to that person, uh, I bet Shane McMahon comes back, and I was right. So Miller can predict stuff. Don't forget about that. I think that's pretty much Raw, right? Can you think of anything else on Raw you want to talk about? I mean, other stuff. How Miz was good. Um, who did Miz beat? Miz, beat, good, Miz beat Apollo Cruz. That was fine. The Jason Jordan stuff talked about that. Uh, the Nia, fine. She beat a jobber. She's going to fight Oscar. Well, I, I need to see what's going to happen with that before I make a call. I think there's got to be a plan there. And yeah, he had, he had a tease between the Sasha Banks and Bailey Hill turn. But my gosh, WWE's been doing that for, what, a year now? We've been waiting for Sasha Banks to turn heel. So. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Yeah, I don't really care. But yeah, I think the days. only other one was, did, was Asuka Bailey on this week's Raw. That, that was, was really good. Yeah, that was Asuka Bailey. Yeah, was a really that was good really, match. Yeah, you're right. Really good match. Yeah, but that, but that was. was pretty much it for Raw. Yeah, it was. No, that was that was uh, Bailey's best match in a long time. I mean, as for SmackDown, yeah. I mean, the, the real sort of thread was that we got the Shane McMahon. Finally, finally, the Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan stuff is going again. Uh, we booked the main event for Fastlane, which, of course, is going to be Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn versus AJ Styles because it's wrestling and that was always going to happen on some way. Um, which I don't mind to a certain point. I mean, I think you said it the other day when we were first talking about it. They just need to get through it to start building to WrestleMania. So, yeah, why not do that again? And I think all that's going to happen is, is that AJ Styles is going to win somehow. Kevin Owens and AJ Styles are going to fall out. Quite clear that at WrestleMania, we're getting AJ, uh, AJ Styles versus Nakamura and Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. But I'm all right with that. Like, you know, I think uh, while we've seen them fight a lot, I think for them, getting them to do it on the grandest stage of them will probably be a nice little full stop to it all, to be honest. So I think that's yeah. okay. But the big problem I have, and I know, again, I know that the wrestling's, pre-plan, we know what's going to happen and all that, but the one thing that really annoyed me with the SmackDown side of things is, you know after the Royal Rumble when Nakamura won, yep. and then uh, Renee Young comes into the ring and says, who do you want to face at WrestleMania? And rather than saying, I want to fight for the SmackDown title or the Royal title, Nakamura says, AJ Styles. And then it's like, well, what's the point in doing this match? <laughs> uh, you know, why, why, why even bother? Why? why even bother? Why not just have, you know, it's... It's the like the amount of times that you see like promotional materials for a pay per view two events down the line that has the champion, the current champion versus whomever, and then it's like, well, then there's no point investing in the current title match because we know who the winner's going to be. That's actually yeah. predetermined. The only time I enjoy it is when I don't know what the outcome is, or I, or there's a question mark over the outcome. So it's sort of there's no point even doing this really because like I said, all it's going to do is set up the Kevin and Sammy feud. As much as I love watching those two, it's sort of like we've done that already. 
And that's the problem that I think has been with SmackDown for a while. They had such a good thing with the Shane McMahon, Daniel stuff, Kevin and Sammy and AJ Styles getting involved was they felt like they were waiting to pull the trigger on something and they were waiting for, I don't know, the green light for Daniel to wrestle again or whatever it was, knowing which way to go. And it never came and they waited so long now. It's sort of like, oh yeah, it's gone on too long. I mean, you're right. There is a problem. There is, I mean, unless something drastic happens, and you never know, but I think we can be aware enough. I mean, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens aren't going into WrestleMania as the WWE champion. Like, it's just not... I mean, I'm sure some of us would love it, but it's just not yeah. going to happen. So, yeah, when Fastlane runs around, you almost are setting up the non-main events. And you're right, that's kind of... I mean, it depends how it... Execution is everything. I think sometimes you can know what's going to happen if it's executed in the right way. Like, oh, that's actually quite good. However... It's difficult to do that, and yeah, I, I, it's. I mean, he's just not going to lose, is he? AJ Styles is no. just not going to lose. So, to a certain extent, it is all redundant. But hopefully, what I'm hoping is, given that this is building one WrestleMania match, if they can actually let me know what the hell is going to go on with uh, Shane McMahon and, and Daniel Bryan, like if I get that kind of reveal, or at least more on that, I'll actually be all right with it. And honestly, the more I think about it. I don't know how they're going to do this, but I genuinely think it's going to be Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, Shane McMahon in one corner, Daniel Bryan in the other. That's what I think they're going to do. And that's a bit shit, but that's what I think they're going to do. I'm almost, <laughs> I, I'm all, I'm almost convinced. I mean, saying that, I was also convinced that Randy Orton was still going to get into that main event, and I could be still right. However, he did turn up on SmackDown and RKO'd Bobby Roode. So now it looks like he's going to be in a US title match program. I mean, obviously... To be fair, I, I don't mind that because I, I really love Randy Orton. Also, I, I still found it weird that Bobby Roode won that tournament bracket thing anyway, considering the huge push for almost everyone else other than Bobby Roode. Well, my, that, that, was I, my, that was my main problem with SmackDown, really, is that he had Bob, Bob Roode, as Rusev calls him, Bob Roode, <laughs> Bob Roode. Bob Roode against Rusev. And I, I don't mind that Rusev lost. Well, I do a little bit. But I, I more, I more <laughs> mind... <laughs> I'm more, on Rusev, Day, no less. I, I, that's what I said on ups and downs earlier. I said, can you believe they had Rusev lose on Rusev Day, no less? It's, <laughs> it's like they don't even care. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think the, the real problem I had is he was still portrayed as a heel. Now, I get that WWE hasn't turned him properly yet. However, my worry is they just don't give a shit about Rusev entirely. So I haven't even put any thought into it. And that's what worries me, yeah. because this is the time with Rusev. There's no two ways about it. Like they ordered, apparently, The rumor is they ordered 2,500 of those Rusev Day calendars, and they sold out so quickly, they now ordered another 5,000. Things are happening, and the only way that you can capitalize on that is to make sure the momentum continues. So I really, I really, really hope WWE aren't, aren't, aren't sleeping on this one, because this is it. This is the time. And having him loose clean to Bobby Roode, nah. especially because you could have had Randy Orton RKO everyone before he won. And yet somebody backstage yeah. still said, no, no, Rusev's got to lose. Do you think Rusev needs a belt for this? Because he's so over already. I, don't, I think you just get him away from the US title picture and let him feud with someone who's as big and popular and almost let it become a popularity contest like Xavier Woods or someone like that and let that be the funniest, most entertaining feud that they have going. I just think whatever they've got to do to, to let us know they're taking him seriously, not seriously as in, you know, let him still keep being Rusev, but that I can take him seriously as a contender. I'm happy with yeah. at the moment. I don't think they do that. I think they just see him as uh, he's he's almost like the new day. Ah, well, he's funny, so we can do whatever we want with him. And it's like, what? All right, okay. Actually, talking of the new day, let, uh, have you seen? You haven't seen SmackDown yet, have you? I've read the highlights. Yeah, I haven't been do able to watch it yet. What the what the flip is the deal with all this Kurt Herb Kurt angle? This Corey Graves and Booker T stuff. They not only made reference to it on Raw, now they're making reference to it on SmackDown. Like, on, on, I just. Go on. Yeah, I don't know. I, no, I just, I don't, 
I, I watched, so I was going through the Squared Circle Reddit the other day, and I didn't realize there was that time where, I can't remember which one, it was like a raw pre-shot there on the air in the US, and where <laughs> there's a, it's a presenter, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the guy, the old, the really bad, uh, oh, David Tunga, that's it. <laughs> uh, and then Corey Graves, and then I feel really bad saying that now. I've, I meant he was bad on commentary. I have no opinion of him, but I, I don't mind him. I like you, David, if you're listening, just in case. You are and a terrible Corey commentator. Graves, <laughs> and then Booker T, and then he's one of those. He, he's one of those things that he, he puts the stink in stink eye, and he gets introduced, and Booker T just loses his rag. It was really funny. <laughs> and the crew was like, "What? What? Why are you being? Me? It was really funny." But yeah, I just, it's one of those things where how can they possibly be setting anything up with this? It's just mad. Well, apparently Booker T doesn't like him for real. But there's no way you're going to feature that on TV if you aren't building to something. You're not going to no, do. Didn't he do the same thing though? Where he he bitched about Jason Jordan before they gave Jason Jordan a push. Isn't yeah, this one of those that like a, yeah, that never a went... thing? Oh, I, do, I really don't know. I'd love to tell you. The whole thing is really baffling to me, especially because the only reason we know about it is because we're these idiots that go on the internet and read anything. If you're just a casual fan, I mean, it, they haven't referenced it, like, you know, directly or anything like that. But it's still a thing. You're still going to walk away going, what the flip was that about? Why did they say that? So I, I've got yeah. no idea what it is. It's really weird. But I'm hoping it is one of those where they're presenting it as real, but it's sort of like a setup. I'm hoping that anyway, because like it worked, it kind of worked well for the for Jason Jordan with Booker. I, I can't remember what po- Booker T said it on a podcast or a radio show, if I remember rightly, because I only caught I the snippet he, of what he said. I think he started there and started doing it on Raw. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I'm hoping it's one of those things where it's something that WWE, if intentional, does quite well in that they seed information as if it's sort of like a almost like a Meltzer story, but it's not. It's obviously like something they've planted. So I'm hoping it's that. Because then, like I said, where does it go? It doesn't go anywhere. I don't get it. I, I don't get it at all. It, it, I mean, I, I thought it was a fun story at first, but then when it made its way onto TV, I was like, what is this? What is this? But we'll find out. I mean, that's pretty much all that happened on SmackDown, really. And there's other stuff. Bludgeon Brothers are going to take on Gable and Benjamin for the titles at some point. Fine. Cool. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura did a little thing. Cool. Some women's stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was all... It was SmackDown, and it was okay. It, 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 it was all right. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens of it. The weirdest thing is they did an announcement the next week, uh, Dolph Ziggler's back. It's like, what was all that about? So Dolph Ziggler dropped... dropped I found his... that so bizarre with the Rumble. I found it so weird. Well, I don't get any of it. He dropped a title just so he could come back and face Baron Corbin next week and be number 30 in the Rumble. All right, great. Yeah, the yeah. F- the hell? Makes no sense whatsoever. I don't get it. Yeah, no. and, and there's been no, like, seeping out of information about why on earth... He laid the title down nothing. and walked off in the first place. Right? No, not at all. Absolutely, nothing. and there's no connection to anything that's happened since. No. He's got. He's not even in. He's not in the world title picture. He's not. And because it's only the two titles, he's not moved up anywhere. No. There's no. There's no, absolutely no connection at all. Just gave up a title. Yeah, that's yeah, it. and he just the, the week after he won it. Yeah, no reason. And he's given up the gimmick as well. He's given up the like the no entrance, none yeah. of this thing. Oh, you did t- he have as well on his? Uh, so I couldn't tell because I was. Watch it on like a dog, like a really I know, gonna, I know what you're going to say. Go on, say it anyway. Was it, was it his, on his tights, Undertaker, pink yes! Undertaker? That's what I said. It was. Well, I thought it that was. too, but nobody, no one, no one confirmed it because it was almost like taking the piss out of people that thought Undertaker was going to be number 30, right? Yeah, exactly. Because they thought he was going to, yeah, I could have, I was looking, again, my internet's so bad at home. I was looking, I was like, is it? Because it, it, it was a right... I don't know. I just don't, I don't, nothing makes sense anymore. That man's a question mark. I don't get it. <laughs> it is weird. I don't understand it at you. all. He um, needs to say something. 
He better explain himself. Let me tell you, because it made no flipping sense. He won't know. He won't know. We won't get anything. It's just, oh, I don't know. I flip it. I love watching him wrestle, though, as well. He's so good in the ring. He sells so well. He throws himself around. Someone said to me the other day, uh, Dolph Ziggler, oh, what did they say? Something like, he's, he's good at taking bumps, but he's not good at selling. I was like, oh, that's an interesting take. I don't know how I feel about that, but I liked it. I thought that was good. Um, right, so Brett, I know that uh, time is against us quickly, so I, I want to talk about New Japan quickly because to get yes. to, to, to get you into New Japan, I think is quite is quite the feat, if I do say so myself. Uh, now, early, I know right. earlier we talked about how we don't like watching wrestling where it looks like they're dying, and of course, that's all. <laughs> that's all New Japan yeah, is. Pretty much. But I think maybe I don't know. The presentation's different, isn't it? It comes across more like a sport, and yeah. it's more gritty and stuff. So maybe that's why we're more tolerable. But just quickly, I mean, yeah, just sum up your thoughts about New Japan, how you got into it, and what you think about it now. Because I mean, you're a New Japan World subscriber. You're all in. Yeah, well, I think like what you're saying about like the uh, the the presentation of it as like a violent and aggressive thing. It's it's they're not like you say they're not grabbing weapons. They're not doing anything. It's all within the confines of a wrestling match. They're yeah. not doing. It's not ECW style where it, you know they're doing. Well, most of the time they're not doing crazy things. It's it's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant wrestling to watch in that sense. Because there's so many times. How many times have I have I recorded something or sent you a snippet of a match and gone? Oh my god, this man <laughs> has to get out. a lot. Yeah, because I think what really got me into it was every like all of last year, everyone was talking about how good Kenny Omega was, and I'd never seen a match of his. I, I, I obviously the Okada trilogy. I went back and watched, and I, I think I watched it at the time, and trying to watch an hour match that like in one go was really hard with a little baby just sort of walking around everywhere. If I've got at home, so it was like I, I was so gripped by the storytelling that was because again. With WWE, the story's told before the bell rings, whereas with New Japan, everything's told in the ring. So I, yeah. I knew everything that was going on in the match itself, and I was completely captivated by it. And I only subscribed in around the Chris Jericho thing. So they, it worked. They hooked me. The marketing was brilliant. Mm. But the, the problem now is now I am subscribed. I thought the network was bad in terms of getting around the fucking thing. <laughs> New Japan World's the worst. Don't make any uh, sense. Honestly, I try, like, you try and find a match, it, it's not going to happen. But what's brilliant is there's a lot of like user-created uh, spreadsheets that just go, you want a good match, here's the link to it, and you just click that bang. So I'm literally going through all the best stuff, like AJ Styles, his run, Nakamura's, Okada's old matches, uh, Naito's, the Bullet Club. And oh my God, I didn't know much about some of the guys that are over there. But now it's just like Marty Skrull, um, you've got Omega. Um, oh, God, what's the name of the, the British guy who's just unbelievable? Uh, Will Ospreay. Oh, Ospreay. Oh, my Jesus Christ. He, <laughs> he is good. He's like a gymnast. He's just so he is, good. He is a like, gymnast. Yeah, that's what he's trained in. So Yeah, he gets criticized. Like, I know a lot of like, old schoolers go, oh, flippy shit. And I'm like, Stop it. No, just you try to do what he does. I mean, come on now. And the Young Bucks are like with the revival, they just pure tag team wrestling. It's so, it's so entertaining to watch. I, I'm just, and again, what I love is that, like what you explained before I started watching is that you don't need to watch three weeks of build up. You just go in, the match will tell its own story. And I love that about it as well. Yeah, dude, spot on. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. I don't need to add any points to that. I mean, uh, I think it's going to be a great year for New Japan. Though. They, they sold that American show out in minutes. 
Uh, it was a 5,000-seater arena, which probably means next time they come back, they could do 10,000. There was rumors they were going to think about doing the Staples Center, and I'm going to literally look it up now. How much is that? I think it's 18,000? 21,000, the Staples yeah, Center so. holds. It, yeah, basketball stadiums are never as, like, as big as you think as yeah. well. So, but I, I'll I, tell you one thing that did annoy me. Sorry, before we were talking, because obviously I subscribed to it, and I was like, yes, I'm going to get all this stuff. And it's like one of those things where it's like when you buy something, it goes, oh, do you, you bought this. Oh, you better get the deluxe package so you can get all this stuff. <laughs> I, bought, I bought that. The, I subscribed to New Japan. And the first big rivalry that I've got hooked into, obviously anything to do with Kenny Omega because he's the best wrestler I've ever seen. And then the first feud I get hooked into is his with uh, Cody Rhodes. And then I find out they're fucking doing it in Ring of Honor. <laughs> if you want to watch it, you better subscribe to Ring of Honor. Dude, oh, for fuck's sake. They're all, they're all scratching each other's back. Like, I tell you, it's this whole thing. They're not scratching they're... mine. They're well, not no, scratching mine, though, are they? They're scratch... my, my back. In, I've got to pay money to have my yeah, back scratched. They're scratching your wallet. But they, uh, <laughs> they, they know how big WWE is, so they're now all trying to compete with it with their individual streaming services. I will say, though, that Ring of Honor uh, streaming service they've launched is pretty good. If you, if, you pay the, if you pay a year fee, I think it's like $10 a, bu- a month, or whatever it is, $8 a month. But if you pay the year fee, you get all the house shows as well. That's pretty good. That's a pretty, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. that's pretty damn good. So I actually think that would do quite well. But you are right. I mean, but who knows what the future holds? Maybe you'll get Cody versus... Omega 2, and it's in New Japan. I don't know. Well, see, what would be nice, right? Say, say for instance, I don't know, New Japan costs £150 a year and Ring of Honor costs, like, uh, uh, the same. If they, because they're scratching each other's backs, instead of being £300 a year, they say, right, £200 a year, pay up front, you get both. If they're scratching each other's backs that much, do a thing where we can sort of buy both. Because I'd do that. I would absolutely do that. So the more wrestling, the better. And now I can get all the feuds everywhere they are. Well, dude, you never know, man. You never know what the future holds. Maybe that's the plan. Right. And, and, on, that, and on that note, we'll, we'll draw it to, to a loving close. Is there anything you want to pimp or promote, Brett, while you're on here? Just you. Just pimp you. I uh, love you. And that, look at that. What, what, a lovely, what a lovely man you are. <laughs> you can talk to Brett on, on Twitter. He still hasn't changed his Twitter handle. It's at Invertebrett. That's I-N-V-R. Uh, no, I-N-V-R-T-E-R. Yeah, I-N-V-E-R-T-E, Brett. Two Ts. There you go. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, you used to hate that as well when I first told you it. You hated it. I still hate it. Stupid. stupid <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, spell also, it. No sense. Yeah, exactly. If you want to see what Brett does in his, his working days as well, you can uh, find him at Trusted Reviews. He runs their gaming section, and he does a damn good job if I do say so myself. Thank you very much. Well and you can check your stuff out there as well from time to time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I write, I, write, I, write, I write quite a bit for Trusted Reviews, so you, you can check that out. But obviously, you can follow me on Twitter at Simon316. Please do join the Facebook uh, group, Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just search that on Facebook and ask a question for this Friday's Q&A. If you are a patron listening to this and you are at the right tier, make sure you drop me a message and let me know which episode of the Q&A you want to come on. Uh, and yeah, all questions via Patreon can come through there too. We started doing Let's Plays because we've reached the milestone recently. So thank you very much. That is patreon.com for Simon 316. And that is why I'm able to bring you all this content because you support me as you do. And I appreciate that. Otherwise, we're on iTunes. Give us five stars. You know, rate us, review us, share it with a friend, put it on Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Let's, uh, let's keep getting this thing growing. Numbers keep going up, which makes me happy. But Brett, thank you very much for joining me. No, thank you. Sorry for ranting about everything and everything with wrestling and Dude, having a moan, but I just love it, wrestling so much now because of you. It's a podcast. That's the whole. That's the whole point. If you just went, <laughs> if, if you just came on and went, yeah, yeah, sounds good. You'd be like, oh, right, okay, brilliant. <laughs> so uh, no, dude, that's exactly the right thing to do, and we should uh, we should do this again soon because I enjoyed this immensely. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. All right. So we'll be back on Friday. That's the new schedule, and uh, well, yeah, I'll talk to you then. <laughs>